Hey, Tom here from the Run Testers, and welcome to the Run Testers podcast. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on beginners. It's almost the new year at the point of recording this podcast. So, what we're going to be doing is talking about tips and advice that we can give to new runners, as well as run through some of the questions that new beginner runners have when it comes to kit. So, I hope you enjoy it, and let's dive in. Okay, so we've got Mike and Laura here for the uh, special beginners uh, podcast. Hello, guys. Hey. Hi. So this is this po- this episode of the podcast is going out in uh, end of December, start of January, and we all know that that's a time where people start thinking about taking up running for possibly the first time, uh, and it can be quite a confusing and scary thing to do, especially for people who probably aren't that keen on the idea of uh, running when they when they first start out. So what we're going to do here is going to just run through some of the main questions that people have when it comes to starting a running plan and help to alleviate some of those fears that may crop up in the in, in the thought process as people are doing that. So um, I'll, I'll run through a few questions and we're just going to just talk through and hopefully give some advice to help people listening who may be wanting to start their running journey. So. First one we're gonna we can look at is when there's a lot of runners that are going to be looking at well a lot of non-runners are going to be thinking about starting running as part of a new healthy you in 2023, but a lot of people don't actually know where to start when it comes to running. So what what are your tips or what would your advice be for people who want to get involved in running but don't really know how to do it? Uh, Laura, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so. I spent the past nine years teaching people out in the park how to run, taking absolute beginners um, through a 0 to 5k course. Uh, And I do it four times a year, but January would always be the most popular one. People would be signing up way in advance. And that's a great way to do it. This is the first winter that I'm not actually out freezing myself in the the park uh, with beginners. But there's plenty of groups out there. If you you can look at Run Together, which is England Athletics portal for searching for those types of groups and going in a 0 to 5k course with people that are like you um, and it will go at the right pace for you. And it's really like nice supportive community. So there's that for in person. I know that not everyone can get to those sorts of groups. There might not be one near you or you might be a bit nervous or you might just work hours that don't work with that so couch to 5k for the nhs is a similar thing you do audio guided runs takes you from 0 to 5k and that's been really successful over the past 10 plus years i think it's been going now and that'll help you build up gradually because you do need some sort of guidance i know i started an absolute beginner about back in 2008 was an absolute beginner and I just thought I needed to go out and run as far and as fast as I could and then the next time go out and try and run further and faster and that soon in ended up with me being injured so even though you might think you're not doing very much because you are starting from scratch it is still possible to do too much too soon so some sort of plan or in a group that can help guide you is absolutely a, a great way to start sage words uh, Mike, you, you've been running for quite a while as well. Do you can you remember back to when you started running? What what? How did you um, stay stay motivated to to kick off your running journey? Um, well, I mean, 
I'm not a natural runner. I mean, I've, I did, you know, before I kind of got into running, I did a lot of team sports with probably a lot of people and it wasn't, you know, my first kind of love in terms of exercise and kind of fitness in general and stuff. But I think the main thing I think I've learned um, and kind of over the time is that any kind of progress that you make is good progress. And, you know, I very much was starting from a point where I knew I was kind of generally fit, but I didn't really know what, you know, what I would was capable in terms of running. And I knew I could kind of go out and run and I think it's, you know, just I think the key thing for me is not to put too much pressure on yourself. Um, I think the other thing would be probably not to compare yourself too much to other people as well, because you might be around people who are very kind of um, experienced runners, have been running for a long time, of racing or what have you. And I think, you know, you're on your own kind of personal journey, particularly if you are starting very much from scratch. And I think, you know, I think one of the main things is probably, particularly in January, is that you probably don't want to be out in the cold doing it. And if if it means being indoors and running, that's not, you know, that's not a cop out. Like, and it doesn't matter, you know, for me, it's like, you know, it's just that you're doing it. And I think the main thing for me is don't feel like you have to run every day. That I think that's probably a kind of misconception. People will go in kind of thinking maybe they have to do that. And I think it's about building up gradually, maybe thinking about doing things on a regular basis, but not, I think, you know, mass, you know, mainly not putting too much pressure on yourself in terms of, what you you know what you're doing when you're out when you're out running um, and a bit like what um laura was saying is that you, if you can if you struggle to kind of go out and motivate yourself trying to maybe get together with other people i think you know a running club is a very good way to do it i think running clubs have come very very good at creating that kind of more social kind of relaxed uh, atmosphere around running and reg- running more regularly so i think that would be a thing that I think is is a, a kind of things to kind of look at um, from that point of view and keeping you motivated. And actually, I think the thing is consistently going out and running, but not feeling that you have to run every day. I think that's the main thing for me, the thing that I've learned really. Yeah, I agree. I think there's definitely a, a an element of it which comes on to to my next question, which is the the hurdles that people have when when they start running and and what they look like and how they can overcome those. Because I think one of the main things is that consistency that is is a really important thing to get when you start off it's it can be quite daunting if you're new to running to to look at a run and go I've got to go and do 5k I've got to go and do a 10k or whatever and you just put it off and you keep putting it off so I I always think when you when you're starting a a running plan maybe before you even start a plan is just get the habit of just going out even if that's for 1k couple of times a week three times a week just so that you get used to going out and doing it and it's and it's not affecting or you're learning how to make it part of your lifestyle as opposed to really giving up that time and not enjoying any of it in terms of hurdles that people might might find when they start running what what do you think are the are the main ones that, that people are likely to come across I, I think I'm I'm with you there on definitely keeping that if you can set that kind of that schedule within your week and set aside those times and even if it's that you go out for a walk for half an hour three times a week and get that pattern as soon as you start that pattern you will kind of find that okay it's it's Tuesday it's seven o'clock I'm putting my coat on or I'm putting my running shoes on and I'm going out and and carving out that time because all the things that can become hurdles like the care and responsibilities we might have work other things that can interfere with it if you can if you can set that time aside and kind of ring fence it for yourself then that's half the battle and then things like you know there's plenty of things that we that we do day to day that we don't do because we enjoy them like we brush our teeth every day hopefully we all brush our teeth every day 
we don't particularly motivate to do it. We don't enjoy it, but it's a habit. It's something that we do in that schedule. So if you can make that time and make getting outside in the fresh air or getting on the treadmill, because that's fine too, and walking on the treadmill is fine, and, and just moving your body. And then everything, there are plenty of hurdles, and we all have different ones, but they're hurdles, they're not brick walls. So they can, you can get over them, get around them, and it's just finding out. And the more, the thing that experienced runners have is they've found those ways to get around hurdles. So that's why it's not necessarily that they're more motivated, they're just more experienced in working it into their life and finding solutions. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely a, I think one of the biggest hurdles, most people probably wouldn't class it as a hurdle, but I think it has a bigger, bigger impact on people continuing to go running than most things. And that's seeing improvements because most people who start running in January want, they're doing it because they want improvements and they want to see those improvements. And it does take time to get those improvements. They don't just happen straight away. So if you go running, you know, on a Monday, you keep running for the next three weeks, you may you may see a little bit of an improvement, but it's not going to be, you're not going to be running 10 Ks straight away. And I think for a lot of people that are running, that is a big hurdle because they'll, they'll get, they'll get to that three weeks and go, Oh, I'm still not enjoying this. This isn't for me. I'm, I'm not going to do it. And then, and then that will be the point where it, it really halts it. So that's why I think it's important to take a, take a, a small step towards it. So it's building that habit out of running as opposed to trying to do something like run 5k or like run 10k because the habit is ultimately the thing that will eventually give you the thing that that you that you want it's not pushing yourself on those first two or three runs so i i've always found that to be one of the biggest sales i'm actually my girlfriend at the moment is just trying to get into running and she was struggling because she's she's been doing park runs and she she's been trying to do 5k's throughout the week and she just hates it every time because she's she's not really got the fitness to do go and run 5k two or three times a week but what she's doing now is going to run one mile runs two or three times a week and she's finding that is much more enjoyable because it's not it's not a a really bad experience every time and it's over pretty quickly then she gets home and it's only really like eight ten minutes out of out of your day and it's it's not a big problem no, I was, I was just going to say and I think Laura made a really good point I think about the fact that having that routine and I think also you may put time, you've set some time aside to go and run and you decide you don't want to, but you do go out and walk. And I think as we've all kind of probably learned is that actually doing that walk, as opposed to not doing anything, can benefit your running. And just keep maintaining that routine, whether whether it's doing something other than running, but it is contributing ultimately to you, you know, improving your running, you know, being able to handle more running, being able to go a little bit longer, you know, those kind of things, you know, it doesn't have to always be running. That's the other thing. But if it's contributing to it in, an, in another way, you're getting your legs used to kind of being out for half an hour, you know, or longer than you're normally used to. I think that's a good way to look at things. And I think the key thing with me, for me is that you can get caught up in the idea of ha- thinking you have to run every single time. But if you're going out and you decide, well, actually, I want to walk a little bit, um, that's not a bad thing. And I think that's the important thing. You don't see it as a, as a negative. Seeing it as you, you're out, you're out, you're out for the time that you kind of want to be out running, you are doing something to contribute towards it. And I think, you know, that's that's a good way to look at it. And that's kind of how I looked at it, you know, in my early days when I was kind of struggling to get up to those kind of longer distances or thought I had to get up to those longer distances. Mm. Doing other things that are actually going to contribute to that. So I think that's that's an important thing to take on board as well. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing that when, when you say you're a 10K runner and you're trying to get up to half marathon and marathon distance, that's still really important. People who go up to the high distances, really those first 
few training runs where you're going up to those high distances is just not fun. It's not enjoyable. So it's something that all runners have to deal with, not just not just new runners. So have we got any tips for anyone to, to ways that people can stay motivated once they've, they've started running? I think so. You know, there's a lot of downsides to social media, but there's a lot of positive. And I think if you post, oh, if you're someone that's not done any exercise and you post, oh, I'm starting couch to 5k this week, you will get people going, yeah, good on you, good for you. And I think there is that positive people in, encouraging you um, along and they want to, they want you to do well and they, and they want to say well done when you've got out there. And so there is like the people that you already know, or there is like a whole running community. There is, you know, in the comments on the run testers, uh, you'll find people in there. But there is social media. There is a lot of positives. And I, when I started running, I didn't know anyone that ran. And, you know, social media was kind of, I know this makes me sound really old, but social media wasn't the same as it was now. And, but I met a lot of people, met all the runners that I knew through Twitter and became really good friends with them. And I've been friends with them and gone to marathons all over the world with them. So there is that lovely community there. And it doesn't have to be like real life running buddies. There are people there that can give you a high five for getting out there and that you see their journey as well. And you might not know, you might seem that everybody else is like a really fast or really long distance runner, but you will find people that, oh, they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing Couch 5k too. And, and mm. that's great. You, the, the, the sense of community that I see my runners that come in groups and they start together on a Monday in January and they all start running every Monday with me, they have that kind of support from each other. So that's a tip, go and find that. But there is that support online as well. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think there's a lot of people, uh, we're, we've all lived in uh, big cities, but where I come from, it's quite a quite small village and there isn't there isn't a running community there. There, you don't see any runners, so running isn't normalised in in the village where I come from. So, building uh, on social media, if you, if you sort of see runners all the time and you're involved in that community, it starts starts to normalise it, and you realise that it's not a massive deal to do it. It's quite a, a a normal thing that people are happy to do on a on a weekly basis. So, yeah, definitely definitely worth looping yourself in with a into the running, immersing yourself in the running world and the community to. To, to stay motivated uh, mike what 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 would you what advice would you give i think a couple of things first thing i think that you know the, there is a big community out there for runners and you know to be inspired and to kind of take you know a lot a lot from that i also think you know from my kind of personal experience i a bit like laura and i came into running or started to get i think a little bit more about running more um i was very much very solo about it but I do think the one the way that I kept myself motivated is that I set myself little goals that I kept to myself. And I it was little small things, small things that I, you know, even if you know, I didn't achieve them and I got close to them, that was a, a positive for me. And I think, you know, it doesn't necessarily, you don't necessarily always have to look out to the community. But if you have, you know, your own kind of individual goals, uh, and I say they don't have to be to do a race or to run a particular time, but it could be to be out there for a little bit longer or to run for 20 minutes, to run for, and for me, that, that worked really well for me and I kind of mentioned it earlier I think and I I realized this probably pretty late in kind of my running time is that I think running clubs are a really positive thing and I think you know you don't some people might have this idea of joining a running club and you know you you almost have to be running a certain level or and I think you know, what I found is that it's very very accommodating for all runners and that's what I found my experience of it I think that helps that's a massive motivating 
thing for me and I've never regretted going out and doing a kind of club run when I've gone out and three times when I haven't and I haven't done it and I haven't done it for a few weeks and I've gone out after a few weeks and it's been great and it's you know you get that kind of positive good feel you get to talk to other people who you know and it doesn't have to be necessarily talking about running but you're out there running with them as well and I think that's something that I have learned later really and I think that's something that I would say is a good thing to look at particularly from a kind of motivating feature and realizing that it's you know, running clubs aren't just for certain types of runners that there's, there's mixed abilities in terms of those running clubs and I would say that probably across the board for all running clubs as well yeah really there's a lot of running clubs that are like real running clubs that are England athletics um, registered clubs and those clubs are probably for some people that are starting might seem a bit scary you have to go through a registration process you have to sort of get an athletics number and all those sorts of things but there's a lot of running clubs that exist that aren't like that because there's uh, there's m- many running shops in big and small places tend to have little running clubs as well. And those are a lot more accessible. You don't tend to get a lot of people at those that are, you know, sprinting ahead, trying to get PBs. They're, they tend to be a, b- a lot more um, uh, social in, in what they do. And they, they tend to have smaller groups as well. So it may be worth looking at some of those. Um, and they're, they're pretty much uh, always free as well. So uh, oh, the other bit of advice I would give as well is this may not be for everyone, but I always think that for somebody like me, I when I started running, I ran alone. I liked running alone. I, I quite looked forward to the time of just going out and just enjoying half an hour, an hour of running on my own. But because of that, I found apps like Strava and um, I think at the time I was probably using Polar Watch at the time, but I really liked having that record of my runs so I could go back after a few weeks and go, well, actually I've done quite a lot. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people don't, people tend to forget what they've done. And you go out for a run a couple of times every week and it goes, you know, a month, month and a half. You don't think about all the stuff that you've amassed in the past. So just going through that day, you go, wow, I've actually really accumulated quite a lot of miles now. And as you improve, you really start to see that, that the value of that over time. And you can look back over years. And I, I still like going looking back what I was, my, how I was running like five years ago and really, really motivates me to, to keep going. Okay, this is one for you, I think, Laura, because neither me nor Mike are coaches. A lot of new runners starting out, probably haven't got a plan, probably don't really know what they should be, what sort of training they should be doing. Um, probably see people on Instagram posting about plans and not the best place to go for training advice if it's not from an actual coach. So how, how often do you think somebody who's new to running should should be running on a weekly basis? So I would say three times a week maximum. If you're very busy, well, three times a week, ideally, um, if you're very busy, two times a week you can you can do but three times a week is great don't do any more than that and the the thing with beginners is that if you're new to running but like like Mike said he he'd done other things before when he started running so he had a certain element of fitness and it might be that you play football regularly or you swim or you cycle but some then there's somebody who's done nothing for the past 10 years which was pretty much like me when I started so seeing these people together in a group situation not all beginners are the same but three times a week if you're new to be if you're new to running because your fitness might be better because of other um, aerobic exercise that you've been doing over the years but your body like running's a high impact activity and your body needs time it's not just about getting your fitness up and getting your cardiovascular fitness strong enough to to take you around 5k it's about getting your body strong enough to withstand 
the pounding of the pavement for 5k so your your joints your muscles need to need you to ease them in so that's why a run walk three times a week gradually building up is gonna be the best way because it's great that people are full of enthusiasm and full of motivation in those first few weeks and it is it is so easy to do too much and the the most common sort of injuries that you're going to get which are going to be a huge setback because imagine you've got all this motivation you've had like a couple of months and you're like yeah I'm getting somewhere and then you get an injury that sets you back so overuse injuries are more common than injuries that occur suddenly during a, a run so you're not going to necessarily notice if you're doing too much until it's too late so following someone like couch 5k a plan like women's running who are right for regularly do the plans in there it's going to help you ease in and build up something and and create a habit that's sustainable yeah well there's um this leads on to another question i've got a bit later but i'm going to bring it forward a bit a lot of people who are new to running uh, in the new year off, this tend to sign up for races because it gives them that motivation as something to train towards. And we've all seen it where people sign up to a marathon and then get injured quite early on because they're going from zero to quite quite hard training within a very specific time period. And you find that a lot of runners that are training for races probably have been running for quite a while. So they're not going from zero to you know high speed, longer distance training. They're, they're going from a, a, a very good level of it to that level so going from zero to that is quite a dangerous thing to do do you think that signing up to a race is a good way to motivate you when you when you're just starting out running I do absolutely so I give the example of my sister a few years ago and I'd never like never thought that she would want to get into running but she said to we were driving uh, we was at Christmas one year and we're driving along and she said oh do you think I could do the the local half marathon next year and it's in October in Peterborough half marathon Um, and I said yeah you could but let's not aim for that so we I said you need to break it down you need to like put in some steps instead of just I'm going to train for the half marathon so she started from absolute scratch so she started in January and I said right you're going to do park run by Easter so she started not 5k plan and then she did and she did the park run and she ticked that off and that was like a big milestone and I said okay you're going to do 10k by your birthday which is June so she signed up for a 10k and did that for her birthday in June and then went on to do the half marathon in in October and if she'd have just gone okay this is my ultimate goal half marathon there wouldn't have been no sense of achievements along the way so whatever your goal is break it down and and build in some milestones to kind of celebrate like you said looking at what you were doing and and, and where you've come along the way rather than just that ultimate end goal mm. And definitely. And I suppose it also means if you're doing it in that iterative, nice point based way, if, you, if you're going straight from zero to a marathon, that's a very big jump to go. And you're not learning anything as you go along because it's all about that that race. But there's lots of things you can learn on smaller, smaller distance races that you then take with you to the next the next level. Oh, yeah. Um, just so what, like that dress for like I even runners because in the past few years, even runners that have done lots of races, maybe have had a period of a couple of years where they haven't done a race because of of COVID and everything. So I've been encouraging runners, look, build a, a half mouth or something into your training so that you can go and refamiliarize yourself, just like that ritual of putting your kit on in the morning and making sure 
that you've got everything, it makes it go more smoothly on on the big day if you've kind of gone through it all as like a dress rehearsal. Yeah, and you've had two or three times to test out your shoes and your, your kit and everything instead of just going all out on one on one race. Okay, so you mentioned parkrun there, Laura. That's obviously a pretty big deal for people starting running and probably the first thing that people think about when they're going to start a, a training a training plan. Let's let's just start with the basics. Mike, what is parkrun? <laughs> Can you explain that to people? I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I'm ashamed to say that I have a parkrun in the bottom of my road and I don't always make it. But um, it is essentially a free kind of organised 5K run. Uh, they're held all over the UK, all over, you know, the places all over the world now. Um, and, yeah, it's essentially an opportunity to go run with other people. There's no pressure on times or, you know, trying to finish the – you know, finish first or anything like that. It's about you, you know, kicking off the weekend, being outdoors, being out in a park most of the times. And yeah, being able to kind of run a good distance uh, for a lot of people is a very good distance to kind of start and being able to train to get to that, to run that kind of, that kind of mile, those kind of miles, basically. Well, well explained, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Laura, you're, you're a big fan of parkrun uh, and, and along with the, the people that you coach. What, what do you think is so good about parkrun for new runners? I think it's really welcoming and the fact that, you know, they have a tail walker as a volunteer role. So a lot of people are concerned with any race that that they're going to sign up for. People that I work with, they're always like, oh, well, a big fear is being the last person. And at Park Run, you know that you're not going to be the last person because there's that tail walker that's always going to be, you have your back very yeah. literally. So I I love Park Run. For for beginners, they often get told, "Oh, you get you know by their well-meaning friends. Oh, you want to get into running? Come along to park run." Now, if you're an absolute beginner and you've you've not run, it can be quite intimidating. And although we know you could go and walk around the five k route and no one's going to judge you, a lot of people want aren't ready to do that um, and aren't ready to turn up until they are confident that they can kind of run or run walk most of it so my beginners they train uh in the park and park run is kind of like their graduation where they do the 5k so you're absolutely welcome to go there and walk or you can use it as that target and I think a good thing is they're always looking out for volunteers somebody to um to marshals to to stand and point the way and things like that so if you're nervous volunteer and you'll see how it works from that side. And it might give, you know, when you see people that actually look a lot like you in terms of fitness levels going past, you might realise actually, yeah, I it, it is less scary than I think it was. And I didn't go to Parkrun for a very long time. When, and then I had, when I lived in Wimbledon, there was one right at the end of my road. And I didn't, I didn't go for a very, very long time. But yeah, I love it now. Yeah, I, there's, there's a couple of things I like about park run if you're if you're quite early on in training mentioned my girlfriend doing park run uh she we actually used to go down to the the park where they, we do the park run and we used to run around the same route so she could get used to the route and that's one of the nice things about park run is that they're always in places where you can quite easily go and run you can't you can't go and run along the london 10k route because you know you've got crossroads and things like that but this this it, it makes you nice and comfortable with the route it feels like you can learn the route just nice and easily on the, the park nearby your house but i said the other thing about park run as well which is quite good if you're a beginner especially if you're worried about being being slower or being at the back is that quite often they're looped most of the ones i do are, are two or three loops 
so in reality it's just a big mass of people moving around this this loop so it's not really even visible that you're you're right at the back because there's so many other people moving around at different paces so it's it's, it's quite once you get there I think people realize this is quite relaxing it's not it's not there's nothing scary about it all right let's let's jump on we've talked quite a lot about getting um getting involved in running but we're the run testers so we need to do a little bit of talking about kit uh, if you're a new runner kit can be quite confusing these days it's it, we're a long way away from the days of putting on a pair of Bermuda shorts and a pair of plimsolls and and just heading out heading out the door um because of all of the stuff everything everyone posted on instagram all of the brands marketing the latest and greatest new new kit to be wearing do new runners really need to worry that much about the kit that they're they're buying laura this is probably a good one for you no no (laughs) (laughs) no they don't i um i I would always say like you you basically have and if you're a woman like uh probably a good sports bra is something you might have to go out and buy but you've got a pair of trainers probably in your cupboard and you've got like definitely a pair of leggings or something like that and an old t-shirt if if you go if you're not worried if you go out when it's it's dark at the moment no one no one's going to really see you if you go out in the park when it's dark so just put on something comfy and go and those first because you're easing in even like a pair of old trainers and I know you're probably going to kick me out for this maybe but an old pair of old trainers will do the job you know you're going out for 10 minutes of a run walk it doesn't it doesn't really matter if they've been around the block a few times and aren't necessarily specifically tailored to running just get out there those first few times and then you can just trying to take away those barriers because a lot of the barriers are kind of perceived ones and and I think brands do a good job of telling you that their new thing is very essential to you being able to run but when they say essential they actually mean nice to have there's very few things that are essential so a running bra get something comfy go out and probably if you're gonna go to if you absolutely haven't got anything and you need a pair of trainers something that's comfortable feels feels nice and comfortable on the shoe on your foot like a cushion neutral shoe is probably a good place to start for most people go on mike lay into her (laughs) (laughs) i think i think i kind of think about the things that i i say you know i started like a lot of people like i didn't really know what i had to get but i think over time what i've learned and the first thing particularly you know what we do in the channel and what we've learned is if you do have to get shoes you don't have to spend lots of money on shoes i think that's the main thing that i think I've learned and having spoken to other runners and it's like, don't be, don't get caught up in brands because they're more expensive. And that means you, those are the best shoes you're going to have or anything like that. As we've proved on the channel, you don't have to spend lots of money to get a, a shoe that will work absolutely fine for you. And I think that's the key thing to take away. I think the only other thing that I, I think it is a really nice bit of kit to have. I think a running belt is a very good investment. You don't have to spend a lot on a running belt. I think, you know, from a, I like running on my phone, but I like it from a, you know, it's a safety and emergency point of view. If I'm listening to music, then great. But it's kind of, you know, I can't run without my phone for those kind of reasons. And I think if you get one, put your phone away, focus on just being out there, being out, you know, if you're out off road or you're out and in that and just immerse yourself in the running time. But those are the kind of things that I would think, you know, those are good things to have. Uh, they're not essential but I think for me having something where everyone's going to probably run with their phone as I said and I think but also if you're carrying it with you I think you know keep it out of sight ultimately you want it there but you know you don't want to be kind of distracted by it and yeah on the shoes front I think as Laura said you know when you're starting off a 
kind of most shoes will be absolutely fine. If you're starting to get a little bit more kind of confident and feel you need something a bit better suited, as I said, we've as we've shown on the channel, you don't have to spend lots of money to get a shoe that's going to serve you really well, particularly if you're starting out and you're starting to think about running a bit more regularly. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would say that, yeah, it's definitely, there's things that you can get as a new runner that just make life a bit easier. Well, I remember when I started running, I, I used to wear these shorts and they, they were always like falling down when I was running in them. <laughs> it was so annoying. and But I, I didn't want to buy any new shorts or anything like that. But that, if I'd have actually just just bought myself a five pound pair of shorts that fit me nicely and they were comfortable that would have made those first few runs a little bit more enjoyable so i think there's there's a few things that you can get that probably better than really slumming it with something that's that's not going to be that nice on you it's the same with like a belt i I used to run with my phone in my hand all the time and i used to hate it but i just wouldn't buy a belt and they can get a belt for like five pounds so it does make a difference um but the other thing i would say when it comes to shoes and stuff is that comfort is key like if you have got a pair of shoes and they're not really designed for running and you go running a few times in them and your feet hurt every time, that's going to have an impact on you, your 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 view of running. Because I know people that have started running and they've just pulled out a pair of shoes that they've got that really aren't designed for running or there's no cushioning on them or anything. And every time they spoke to me, they're like, oh, my feet just really hurt every time I go running. And it was the shoes because they were wearing these hard shoes that just weren't very comfortable for how they were running. So I think... There is, if you've got shoes that are comfortable and you can run in them, I think that's fine. But if, if just don't, just don't wear something that really is, isn't, is not very comfy on your feet because those first impressions you have of running over that first month or so, that will have an impact on how you continue to run because you're going to, you're going to be associating some of the pains you're getting with running and not with the fact that you're not quite got the right stuff to do it. But, uh, yeah, but if you've got stuff and there's no need to buy loads of, loads of things when you go running, especially things like tech. I think a lot of new runners jump in to like see the latest thing that Garmin have got and think they need a new running watch. But in reality, there's, you don't really need that until further down the line, I don't think. Joe, I started with a, um, well, I started running in the in the gym and I didn't go out, venture outside until I could run 20 minutes um, on the treadmill nonstop. And then I was like, you know, and this was, this was before, I didn't even have a smartphone back then. This was, this was 2008. So, I was like, I need something to to measure because I was used to having the the console, the little clock telling me how long I'd been running for. So I went to Argos and I bought a digital watch and it was from the children's section and it cost £7. And I used that, but it was enough to tell me, oh, I've been running for 20 minutes. I can yeah. go home now. Or mm-hmm. actually, no, it's only two minutes. You've got quite a bit more to go. Um, yeah. But it worked. Yeah, well, that's that's a good argument for... I think when when you start running, don't invest loads of money into things because as you progress in running and you run more, you might you'll know which things you need, like based on the features that they've got or the the type of clothing that you're going to buy. If you buy it all straight away, chances are you're going to be wearing it for two months ago. Actually, it's, I don't run like that. It's not can't, it's not comfortable for me. So it's definitely worth not investing loads of money in whatever you're getting when you start running. Just just enjoy it and and just be as comfortable as possible. And then further down the line, maybe when you run that first half marathon, you can go, right, now I'm going to treat myself to some new bits and pieces because I'm going to move on to the next the next level. I might go do a marathon or something like that. I was, I was just going to say, and if you do want that kind of accountability apps, there are so many good free running apps. So, yes. and they are very good. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to have a watch to, to be accountable and, and track your progress as well. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, we might all use watches but um, ultimately uh, there are plenty of good apps that if you wanted to go down that route of having that kind of data 
and having a bit more of a, an account of what you're doing, those are absolutely fine. There's, and there's plenty of good app, uh, options out there as well. Uh, I do, I do um, echo, yeah, it is one of the, my pet, it does something that makes me when I see people running with their phone in their hand in the park, both like as a, as a phone owner and knowing how much that's going to cost if you smash it, but also as a coach, <laughs> they, you know, your upper body is quite important to run in. And if you're running with your phone in your hand, it does affect how you run. So if you can, yeah, just a cheap belt, like, like Mike says, or, or if you've got some pockets to put your, put your phone away in, then that is going to help you, your mm. running form as well. Yes. All right. Well, let's. Um, we've been chatting for quite a while now. Let's let's wrap yeah. it up with a nice, simple. Um, you've got one piece of advice to give to somebody who comes up to you and says, "I want to start running." What's your piece of advice, Laura? Go for it. I'm sure, you've got um, plenty. Um, do do it. Um... <laughs> that's not advice. That's an order. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think yes. Um, celebrate the process, and like we've said acknowledging the things that you that you do day to you know every run is an achievement is is not just like a means to an end of getting to that end goal try and acknowledge each run and each thing you do as being significant and an achievement in itself and that it's not going to be just always forwards and upwards progress whatever level of runner you are if you're just starting out or whether you're training for like your your 50th marathon it's not going to be straightforward because you know we've we've all had colds recently and it does set you back and just try and keep keep getting out there once you know once you've had time off to to get well get out there again and it doesn't matter if that means that you know 2 weeks ago you were able to run 5k and they are now you're back to run walking for 20 minutes just doing the thing is an achievement not just doing the ultimate thing that's in six months time nice just do it uh my Someone god should come up with that on the t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> i think for me i think and we've talked about it goals are important but i think you know your goals don't have to be the same as everyone else's it doesn't have to be to run a marathon it doesn't have to be you know to run a quicker 5k but i think it has to be a goal that means something to you and that doesn't mean it's any less value to someone who who's doing it for for you know to do a race or to win a race or to try and run a bit quicker and I think you know I think things like you know using that space for running like I you know personally that I do is to use it for creative thinking and when I you know, for work and I think that's a that's an important thing to take away from running it doesn't have to have the same end goal I think for me and that's the biggest thing that I've learned and I think that's probably the biggest bit of advice that I would give to people um, who are probably starting out or planning to start out running for the first time well my piece of advice is running is generally not it's quite painful most of the time anybody you see out running on the street is probably in a bit of pain running it's and i don't mean like pain like their knees or stuff i mean from, from the cardiovascular exercise i see a lot of people who start running for friends of mine and they say i just i'm just not out, cut out for running it just just hurts me when i'm running that's normal it's completely normal and then even when you get to a point where you're actually quite fit and you're you're training, you know, for marathons and things, I go out for runs now, and I'm I think that was so hard that run, even if it wasn't like you know I was doing a speed session or something. So it's completely normal to feel like it's it's hard. You just you just sort of get used to it and you you develop over time. But don't expect it to suddenly be easy um, as soon as you start because 
it will never be. And you don't need to run every single day. <laughs> don't, don't run every single day. Definitely. Definitely never do. Don't, don't do a run streak. No. Completely useless. Completely useless. All right, then, guys, that's... Well, thanks for all of your uh, useful insights for, for beginners. Hopefully the listeners are going to find that useful. Bye. Yeah. Hey, so Nick. Hello. 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 Um, we've So we've had a chat. Uh, me, Laura and Mike had a talk through uh, beginner advice, really. We're talking about what it's like to, to be a beginner, the sort of things you need to know and just some useful guidance for uh, beginners coming out. But we didn't do a lot of talking about kit. So you're, you're on with me to talk about actual kit and give a bit of guidance around the sorts of things that anybody that may be looking at starting running might need to know when it comes to buying stuff because it can be a very confusing world for people joining uh, running these days with so many new products getting released. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's have a well let's let's, let's just start with how important is kit for new runners, Nick? What do you think? <laughs> I think a few bits of kit are, kit are important. Um, I would certainly look for value as a beginner, but it also kind of depends on the beginner you are. Like when I was a beginner runner, I was already very keen on sports, sports in general, um, and you know I went in with a fairly competitive attitude. Whereas if you're just going in really to try and get fit, to try and enjoy it, um, and you know, protect yourself from the impact of the sport and motivate yourself, then there's different approach to kit, I'd say. But there are a few, you know, things I think things that can really help motivate you to get out there and enjoy it a little bit more and i think if you're enjoying it a bit more you are gonna run a bit more um, which is the aim i guess yeah definitely i always think <laughs> when it comes to to kit for well, not just beginners for people that are just trying to like enjoy running a bit more it's it all comes down to comfort really and um yeah. and not spending ridiculous amounts of money because there's nothing more annoying than getting excited about running and they're not actually really doing it that much and realizing you've spent 700 pounds on all the latest <laughs> kit that you can buy um, yeah exactly and that's why my top recommendation is the vapor fly <laughs> yeah. well well I, I was thinking that um there's because there's there's so much kit that you can get out there but I, I i was looking at the sort of kit that you should get as a beginner runner and i i've tried to veer towards stuff that you can actually use when maybe you're not even running so it's yeah it's, exactly. it's still useful it's just it's just um yeah just just don't go and blow your whole christmas uh present on um all the latest kit because uh you know you don't know if you're going to like running when you're beginning. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. We've probably stressed that as well. There's no, there's no moral good to being a runner, but if you like it, it is fun. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't feel pressure. Um, <laughs> but if you listen to this podcast, you might be getting a, quite in, interested in it at the moment. If, yeah, um, all right, well, let's um, let's jump into the different types of kit that we're looking at. Uh, let's talk about shoes. Shoes are a tricky mm. one for new new runners because if uh, if I was a new runner, well, when I started running, there weren't that many. I would say exciting. There were lots of all right shoes out, but it wasn't like it is now. It's not like you know every month or two a new super shoe is released that claims to <laughs> make you the fastest runner you can ever be. Uh, back then, it was a um, little bit, little bit less uh, exciting. The, the world of shoe marketing. Um, but when it comes to shoes, what are, what are your thoughts for uh, new runners? I mean, I think there's kind of two camps uh, would be how I'd approach you know, shoes. One would be going for value and getting a shoe that can do a lot of different things quite well at, at a good price, at durable, and ideally be quite good looking. So like you say, you can wear it outside running as well. And I, for me, I tend to think the best way to do this is to find a shoe that's in something like the 70 to 100 pound, 110 pound price range that's reduced. So yeah. 
that's a good price range of shoes. There's lots of really good quality, top quality shoes there for runners of any level. And you can usually get them at some point, somewhere around 50 quid, 60 quid, 70 quid. And in that range, there is things like the Puma Velocity Nitro 2, the Nike Pegasus 39, uh, the Reebok Float Ride Energy 4. These are all great shoes, shoes I'd happily use day in, day out as someone who runs, you know, lots. Um, and, and But you can get them in a sale usually i think around kind of 60 70 quid if you're prepared to wait a little bit um and then you're getting a shoe that can kind of do everything and they're all quite good looking i've worn all of them as just casual shoes as well um the only thing i'd say about all those shoes maybe the pegasus is a bit more cushioned they are not the most out and out cushioned shoes so that's one thing you might have to look out for if you are a new runner and you're coming in you're really all about protection underfoot i think that's a bit hard to find in that price range of those maximal cushion shoes that i think are really you know protecting the body and if money is no object uh, as a beginner, like you might be coming in with a big budget and just a desire to run, then I would look at things like the Glycerin 20 from Brooks, the Saucony Triumph 20 as my kind of top shoes, or even the New Balance more, just because they're so protective and comfortable. But they are going to be a lot more expensive, so that's why they're not suitable for beginners. That really depends on your budget. If I was thinking more about budget, I think something like the Pegasus 39 in a sale is is a great option just because it just does so much and it looks quite nice. How about you, Tom? What do you think of shoes? Yeah, I, I think um, I, th- I think my view on shoes for new runners is that when before you started running, you don't really know what type of shoes you're going to like. Um, and just because a shoe has lots of cushioning doesn't mean it's necessarily right for you. I know a lot of runners that yeah. just don't really like cushion shoes. And yeah, it's probably safest to get one of those shoes like something like the Puma Velocity Nitro 2, which I, I sent across to my friend the other day because you could get it for £60. Um, he's yeah. a fairly new runner. He's loving that shoe. I think if you get a shoe like that, where it's not necessarily all-out cushioning, you're still going to find it useful. Like even a year down the line, there's still going to be runs that you can do with it, where you go, "I'm going to, I'm going to pull that shoe out now instead of the, the heavily cushioned one." So I think it's good to have a a nice balanced shoe in your armor anyway. So it's a good, it's, it's probably the best one to go out for at the start. And the other thing as well, when you when you start running, is you're probably not doing that much distance work. Um, so shoes for me that I would use for long distance training, things like the Triumph 20, where I just want lots of cushioning because I'm really pounding the pavement, probably not uh, as big an issue for me when I'm doing, if you're a beginner and you're doing maybe, you know, catch 5K around that sort of distance, where the cushioning isn't as important to you as just having a comfortable shoe. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think having a shoe that is built for running, it does help. I know... I, I used to run Adidas Sambas when I very first started. They were just shoes I'd always buy my trainers. And you know, I did just get shin splints almost immediately kind of thing because they're just, they are just built for walking really. And running is a lot more impact. But you can get some very, very cheap running shoes if you go to somewhere like Decathlon. And they might be all right just for a first few steps. If you want to get a dedicated running shoe, but you don't want to feel like you've spent even 50, 60 quid on a shoe you might not use, you can find some okay ones, 20 quid at Decathlon, that kind of thing. But I just think with those, there's a good chance you're going to end up um, upgrading it very quickly if you yeah. do get into running and then you've kind of spent twice yeah and the and the other issue i found with when people start running and i've i've had this i know many people have done this and my my girlfriend has recently started to like delve into the world of running shoes and i think the first pair that she she had they were just so uncomfortable they weren't really properly designed for running and for about three four weeks every run she'd she'd say oh it's not very they're just not, not very comfortable i'm not enjoying running and it and it was largely due to the shoes. She just didn't have the right shoes, and she they weren't comfortable in any way. They were really firm. Um, they just didn't offer any benefits. As soon as she picked up a nice pair of shoes, she suddenly said, "Wow, this is I actually well." She didn't say she liked it straight away, but she said it's much more comfortable, and uh, yeah. she's she's more likely to to go running with with uh, shoes that are just not more expensive or premium, just just better equipped for um for for running at that, at that level. So. 
Yeah, I'd yeah. probably, I'd, I'd definitely say something like Puna Vossi Nitro 2. And there's probably even, I mean, if, if you search around, um, you can even find some more premium shoes from like two years ago, which, you know, sit around that price mark. I mean, during the, during the Black Friday sales, there were some fantastic shoes that would normally cost you around £150 down to like £60, £70, which are well worth yeah. looking at. Yeah, and if you can, it's always it's always good to go to a running store and try a few different shoes on. Like you, You'll probably end up trying on really expensive shoes, but you can try them on and then just go, okay, I like that kind of shoe, and maybe even find the older model of that exact one yeah. uh, online somewhere in the sale or something like that. But it's just nice to get a feel for what running in a shoe like that feels like and whether you do like it enough to try and find a dedicated running shoe. Um, I do. Yeah, it will be more fun and enjoyable if your shoe doesn't hurt straight away that's, yes. that's a pretty it's a pretty good given so if you can test a shoe out that usually helps yeah and what about i didn't actually ask you this one uh, when i sent you the message saying what, what we're going to cover but uh i had to think about trail shoes as well and one shoe cropped up for me as a, as a good option um because I, I, I a friend of mine recently did ran a did, he'd never done any trails before and he, he signed up to a, a trail race and uh he didn't have any trail shoes and it was it was pretty muddy tough trail race to get to go on with some road shoes so i i got him i told him to pick up the uh, soil shaker twos oh, from yes. high estate 30 pounds at the moment and um they're just great they're just like they're not they're not the lightest shoe in the world but if you're if you're heading out on the trails and you you don't know anything about the trails and trail shoes are way harder to buy than the normal yeah. road shoes because it's so varied what you can get up to on the trails just just getting the best trail shoe means absolutely nothing because it's all completely dependent on where you're running so i mm. think the soul shake is a great one to, to start off with because you've got that grip you've got that protection and you know you use them for a few, few months and go actually I, I know what type of shoe i want now and you can delve into it further but it's a really cheap shoe to get which is actually great value I love the soil shaker and I'll say like this week I've been running with my mate who's been running for you know, 20 years and is you know, a very experienced vet, master's athlete and he uses the soil shaker in the forest most days. It's only thing with the soil shaker is it's, the grip is very good but so actually if you're on almost park trails, very groomed trails, it's, it's probably too good. You don't need it. I, I would... That's one reason I think that the Velocity Nitro 2 and the Pew- and the Nike Pegasus 39 are very handy shoes because they both have pretty good outsoles. So they will, they will handle like your park trails nearly the, the whole year round as well as being comfy on the road. And I think that's that's quite handy. Whereas the Soul Shaker is, yeah, it can, you can do you know really quite serious trail running in the Soul Shaker. Yeah. All right then. Well, have you got a trail shoe choice other than Soul Shaker? I, I, my gut would always be to go for uh, a road shoe with a good outsole mm-hmm. at first unless you know you're going to be going straight on the trails and then maybe look actually the puma fast track nitro is quite a good all-terrain shoe but if you're going if you're going, certainly going on serious trails saw shaker 100 brilliant shoe and if you're looking more at well-groomed city trails or summer running then i'd probably yeah eye up a road shoe that's got a better outsole than some because some are just pure road shoes and the grip will go if you go on the trails but some have got a good amount of rubber there and they're fine on trails Cool. All right, then. Well, let's. I think that's enough advice for shoes. Let's uh, delve into something else. Tech, which is a really tricky area for new runners, because especially you know you've it's, it's Christmas is gone. So you've decided you've set up a new resolution. You start looking to what everyone's got, and you see all these watches that are costing you know five hundred pound. Claiming they're going to make you make your running far superior. What's your view on tech for beginners? I probably wouldn't get a watch straight away would be my first answer we'll come on to watches but I I think the best place to start is with the array there's loads of really good running apps out there and you'll have to carry your phone with you we'll come on to some good ways to do that but 
that start with tracking runs, find out what's important to you. Um, you know, in terms of are you that fussed about the stats, or are you just going out for a run and looking at the, at the end? In which case, an app is always going to be fine. When you start wanting those mid-run stats, then you start thinking about watch a bit more. I think, but um, yeah, I'd use apps. You know, there's the very obvious ones, things like Strava and Runkeeper and all that. But I am a big believer in getting a little bit of guidance when you're first starting out, and there's loads of apps that will do this for free, and they can really help you start as well. Because I think when you start running, it's very easy to run too hard and do too much, and basically not enjoy it because it's too hard uh push yourself too hard risk injuries and so i would definitely start no matter what you know level of fitness you are and i start with some kind of structured plan so obviously the really clear ones for beginners i think it's like the couch to 5k app there's a few of them out there nhs have a plan that's free and actually there's an app called none to run uh which is i don't know if it's all spelled out anyway, it's called none to run um and it's basically an even more none um, to run None, yeah, N O N E. Not N U N, because that's, that's a different sort of app. Nuns are running everywhere. <laughs> nuns on the run. <laughs> there's one for nuns. It's called Nun to Run, but <laughs> if you're not a nun, you shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> um, but yeah, Nun to Run is it's just basically it's an easier version of a beginner plan than Couch to 5K, because people were dropping out of Couch to 5K. I think it's quite, there's quite a common crunch point on Couch to 5K where there's a bit of a jump and people just don't like it anymore and it goes too hard. So Nun to Run is much more based around time. You've not really got that all encompassing idea of trying to run 5K at the end of it. It just gets you into it. And it, just really drums in that it's okay to walk a bit run a bit walk a bit run a bit and then even if you are somebody who's coming in with a good level of fitness and you're ready to run 5k straight away there are apps out there with guided workouts kinney's one i've just started k-i-n-n-i but even nike uh, nike's run app has quite a good like guided training program and guided workouts and all these things i think are all about just teaching you the structure of training so if you if you can just go out the door and run three uh, easy five k's a week, brilliant. Then then you can do that. That's great. But if you can't and that's actually tiring you out and you're not enjoying it, I would look at one of those programs and um, just try and make sure that you're being told how to run easy if you if you're not used to it, basically. Because I think the great joy of running comes maybe you know week and a half week and a half two weeks in when you're on your first run that just feels easy and you can look around you and enjoy it and enjoy the sensation of being active without gasping and feeling unpleasant um and a, an app can help you get there a bit quicker i think how are you what about you tom what's your tech tips well yeah i'm all, all with you on the apps thing i actually mentioned to uh, laura and mike that i i think for beginners it's quite nice to have a paper trail of your runs yeah. just to see where you've got to so even just using strava when i started running i i, I was using strava and uh, rec- recording all of my runs didn't use any of it it was abs like i never went in and thought oh i should go a bit faster there and that all i did with it was look back after two weeks or a month and go oh wow i've done done quite a lot now and you start to amass this like cv of running that you you suddenly become a bit more proud of and then then you start to care about getting more and more distance and you as you build up as a beginner the the weekly mileage you're doing and you see it go up a little bit over time it's a really powerful thing to have so i think i think just the just the act of recording what you're doing is really nice it's almost like a well, like a, a data diary of, yeah. of your of your training and if you're just going in blind and you're not you don't record any of that it sort of disappears and you forget that you've you've put a lot of effort in already it's it's, it's all training's about isn't it it's about that consistency and um yeah. building up over time um but aside from the apps i would probably say that my my choice for a beginner would be a, just a cheap good pair of headphones I remember when I started running, I and you can't do it on many phones now anyway, but I had um, I was wearing wide headphones and I was holding my phone in my hand. Yeah. And it was just <laughs> so annoying. It was just slapping around. <laughs> headphones would pull out if I accidentally jerked my hand and things like that. And I, I remember the first time I started wearing uh, wireless buds and 
I mean, that came a long time after I started running, and yeah. it blew me away. I just I could it, I didn't I didn't have to worry about them in my. I mean, they didn't have to stay in my ears very well back in back in those days. But um, <laughs> now you can get really good value, cheap uh, wireless headphones, and they do make such a difference. Just it's so easy to you know put in your ears and and not worry about once they're in there, especially if you've got your phone in a belt or something like that. So yeah. I definitely look at something like, and I wrote this down, because I, I haven't tried these ones, but um, you and Mike always go on about them, the JDAB Goer Pops. Yes, the Pops are brilliant. They're really cheap. They're yeah. like 20 quid, yeah. but they just got an in-ear design. So they did stay in my ears quite well, but if you're worried about security, the JL Goer Pop Sport or Goer Sport, are th- they're £10 more and they have an ear hook, yeah. and an ear hook is always going to stay in place. So that is... Yeah, they're they're great. J Lab in general make very good value headphones across the range. So the Epic Air Sport are a hundred quid on RRP, but they're usually fifty in sales. Yeah, and I suppose the other thing about getting those is that they that you don't have to wear them for running. They're just useful to have a pair of headphones all the time. Yeah, exactly. And you can start getting some really nice headphones. And but that that's one reason I think I would probably stay away from like bone conduction headphones when you first start running because they're brilliant for running. We we both of us use them quite a lot for running, but they're not great outside running. And yeah. it's good I think to have headphones that you can use across uh, a couple of different things so yeah the jlab range are very good the tribit flybuds 3 are very good yeah, cheap yeah. headphones as well um that stay in place of running and i agree like i think having something in your ears i think there's two one if you're using guided apps they can talk you through your workout quite well and there was this fun ones like zombies run which is like a game app oh, that yes. talks to you and it's quite and it's quite scary at times so it's a bit too scary for me but uh um but the other thing i use i always listen to lots of podcasts on the run and stuff like that and i and I also did the same when I was cycling indoors and I was trying to motivate myself to cycle indoors and when I was part of my cross training and basically well you could do this with running as well but when the cycling what I did was you can only watch The Last Dance the Michael Jordan documentary when you're cycling so that was the only way I could watch that um, and it made me you know I look forward to each week watch The Last Dance do my cycle yeah. and then on the running you can do the same if you've got a favourite podcast you just go that podcast I listen to every week when I run it's like one of my runs that week is kind of that podcast is great. I love it. And it's really funny and I enjoy it. Or whatever it is your podcast you're listening to. And uh, yeah, so headphones, you might, everyone knows how good music motivation is. But if you can, like, I listen to the Anna Partridge audiobook for long stretches of marathon training and things like that. And it, it, is, it is good fun. Um, so yeah, a good cheap pair of headphones can make the miles fly by, as they say. Yeah, and we'll probably throw in a disclaimer here that if you're running on busy streets and things like that, especially if you're a beginner and you're not used to the roads, then maybe just save your headphones for running around parks and things where it's a, a bit safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop them in the pocket, bring them out then. And then we should, quick, we should say a quick word. If you do want to buy a watch straight away, uh, I think the easy tip is just to go and find an old Garmin Forerunner 35, 45, something like that. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't Because I think the thing we're running is you don't know straight away what you want from a watch like after a while you work out maybe maybe you do want music storage for example and you have to buy one with that or you do want navigation and things like that and certain stats or you just want a smart watch like the apple watch that does it so i would wait to buy a watch until you kind of identify the features you really like about yeah. what you want on the run yeah i know many people who went and bought a venue or something when they started running and then within a year they they wanted another watch because it just mm. wasn't wasn't exactly what they wanted from it um mm. so then it, they've ended up with two watches now um, yeah. The good thing about watches, when you do start to buy now, the watches that when we were starting out running, uh, the best watches are now the watches that have the features that probably cost you about 100, 120 quid. So they've really come along very quickly in the last few years. Yeah. Well, I, I used to remember the TomTom. I remember TomTom. Good watch. Yeah, very yeah. good watch. Yeah. They just didn't really back it, unfortunately. I remember speaking to TomTom about it going, this is great. He went, oh, yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it they're not still doing it for like 40 quid? That would have been a fantastic. It, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, then let's lastly just jump into kit. 
general mm. kit, clothes, that sort of thing. What, what do you think on, on kit? So you are, comfort is the key thing, uh, I'd say, and not not spending loads of money on kit straight away. We talk about lots of very expensive kit on the channel, but there's no need to do that. Um, I'd say key areas for comfort when you first start are areas where chafing and rubbing is going to cause extreme distress. So that's obviously around your waist area. If you're a woman, obviously you need a good sports bra. And then yeah, socks, I think, are quite important as well. So the cheaper items, actually, that it only doesn't really cost you much to get a good pair and it will just limit rubbing. And then, yeah, a cheap T-shirt, cheap... Uh, cheap shorts uh, might basically I would go to Decathlon and, and fill up a trolley with whatever you think looks nice and, and fits your budget because it's very cheap the stuff there and um, it's all fine it's all technically very good especially like short runs in and out it'll get the job done really nicely you won't break the bank and you kind of get a feel of what technical gear feels like versus running in a normal t-shirt that gets very sweaty and starts running like rubbing against you but I would, on top of the normal stuff, I'd definitely get a good running belt. Mm-hmm. And actually, the one I use for a couple of marathons and might use for marathons is just to the, the Decathlon uh, hydration flask carrying belt, which is, I think, 10 or 20 pounds. And that's got loads of storage. If you just want one with your phone, you can get cheaper ones than that. But that, that can carry you know, your phone, some food. Oh, you know, it's a lifesaver having a belt. As, as, yeah. <laughs> especially when you go out on those runs where I, so, some of my shorts I, I used to run in bermuda shorts and i used to put stuff in my pockets and it you ended up just dropping stuff out of it all the time yeah. or ended up getting annoyed and holding them in your hands but yeah a belt just makes so i couldn't do it without a belt now and yeah as you say that it's a very cheap thing to have that saves saves your bacon many times when you're out on a run i also actually the moment now there's a big trend in shorts to have belts built in so you can find those again the catalog the catalog shorts i use for marathons have have um, a belt built in uh, that's the women's ones i use but the men's ones have the same kind of pockets it's just they're not half i like half tights but yeah again carrying it all without having to pull another belt that you know even more of a time save and you've got two pieces of kit in one but it does it does make a big difference and i would strongly having done the armband when i first started running oh yes you can't use an armband for today's phone it's not a fun way to do it it's very hard it's hard to get it in it's big and it's in your arm it's not easy to it use it only works on certain arms as well it might it never worked on my <laughs> yeah. arm it's just I, I had to pull it really tight and then i my arm was going i was losing blood in my arm it just never worked. <laughs> yeah i find that my i gave my wife still uses one occasionally i just look at like all these belts and she was like it looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not. It's not comfortable, but I'm, I'm used to it now. You won't change your ways. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've got honourable mention for very similar t- choice uh, that you that you had. Uh, High Estate, which is the brand that um, yeah. Sports Shoes has their sort of own brand, which offers uh, pretty cost effective, massive range of stuff. Really, from shoes to sunglasses to hats and all all sorts of things. Uh, but I picked out a few things that I've liked testing over the past year or so. I've got the uh, Freedom Running Anklet socks absolutely love these socks they're uh, 6 99 for three pairs I use them all the time like, they're, they're perfect well worth picking up uh, just at least one pack of three of those because uh, if you're a beginner runner one thing that is you do need a few of is socks because um, you do get through them quite a bit and you need to keep washing them <laughs> I, I've also got down here the uh, High State LS half zip running top that's only nine ninety nine. Um, I've used that quite a bit very comfortable very uh, lightweight top and then I've also got the this is a this is a good one. I use these quite a bit. And bear in mind, I've got sh- like shorts in my collection from like Saw and people like that. I will still pull these out and use these for for runs all the time. The uh, two in one trail shorts. Now they're a bit more expensive. They're sixteen ninety nine, um, but they have an inner layer in them. And one of the one of the absolute uh, groundbreaking moments I had when I started running was when I found lay- the layer to put inside shorts um, yeah. because. 
probably for a year I was running and I was my car, uh, my um, thighs were rubbing together in every run. I, I got so many rashes and uh, from yeah. from running, <laughs> and then eventually I picked up some some like Nike combat lining shorts and started wearing them wearing wearing them inside uh, my other shorts. But since since the uh, innovation of lots of brands actually just adding in the liners to their to their shorts, I've, I don't tend to use um, additional liners, and these are just great. Sixteen ninety nine, they they do the job and just stop you getting chafed. Yeah, two in one shorts actually. I yeah, get a nice long inner like, thigh on thigh rubbing is it's no it's no one no one's idea of a good time, and it actually can rule you out of running for a little while because if you get you know really unpleasant bit of rubbing, so yeah, a nice long inner layer or tights. I suppose would do the same thing. I just don't really use tights very much. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? Anything else on the list? Um, no. I mean, you know, being warm is nice. Yeah. Uh, jackets are expensive though, so I don't, I don't think I'd invest in a run jacket straight away. I, I think if you're a beginner and you're going running and it's cold, I think you can wear a, a hoodie or something like that. Yeah. Uh, just to keep you comfortable. You're not going to be. Uh, it was like you know when you get to a really you, you're training fast and and you're sweating yeah. a lot. You're probably not going to be doing that as as a, as a beginner, so it's it's definitely no, not invest, worth investing in a in a jacket. And to be honest, I, me and Mike actually don't tend to wear jackets that much even now because um, yeah. we get quite hot when we're running. So uh, yeah, what what I would do yeah, as a beginner is have a normal hoodie or some piece of clothes, something that helps you get out the door mm-hmm. yeah. um, because you will be warm, like you say, after a half kilometer, two kilometer. So just kept one that you use, and then just before you get sweaty, whip it off and tie it around your waist. Yeah. I run with something tied around my waist all the time. It doesn't look cool, but it's not a problem. Well, you've never been worried about looking cool, have you? That's very true. And on that note, thanks a lot, Nick. Uh, that's there goes our uh, top tips on on kit for uh, beginner runners. That's it from us this month. Thanks a lot for listening to the Run Testers podcast. And don't forget that we have loads of videos on the latest shoes, trail shoes, headphones and watches, as well as various accessories that you may be looking for for your running training. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well if you get a chance. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a follow and a rating, maybe even leave a message for us. Thanks a lot and we'll catch you next time. This episode of the podcast was presented by Tom Wheatley, Laura Fountain, Mike Saw, and Nick Harris Fry. The podcast was produced by Tom Wheatley. The music was by Fear of Tigers. <laughs>